Boom! What's up, Familia? Dayspring here with an episode of Power of X-Men to discuss Jean Grey Issue 2 by Louise Simonson and Bernard Chang. And Familia, oh, I want to say I love this issue, but I did not! And it's so funny. Jean Red Grey on Twitter DM'd me and was like, I don't think you're going to like this issue, but I implore you, read some of the subtext and inner monologues that Jean has because they're phenomenal. And that I agree. I mean, Jean Red Grey is a phenomenal, phenomenal account on Twitter or X, whatever the frack it's called. Go hit them up. Talk all about Jean Grey. Breaking news with our God Queen, which is incredible. I love that account so much. But yeah, I did not like Jean Grey issue two. Not for those reasons that I just discussed. Louise Simonson has a wonderful understanding of the character. Jean's voice is so good in this. The art is fun. I will say the only thing that I didn't like about the art this time around was when Wolverine and Cyclops get the Phoenix. It's not. It doesn't really pop on. On, on the page it's a little bit more muted i think we could have gotten a little bit more especially because cyclops's phoenix five outfit in 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 avx even the secret wars one that we got with hickman was it, it was so eye-catching it was so wonderful so that's why i was like with this i was like oh it's kind of somber and same with wolverine wolverine's had the phoenix before in other stories it's fine. I mean, I, there's there's not much to expect of a Wolverine getting a Phoenix, you know, costume, but it it just didn't really pop on the page, and that's only because, and I'm only saying it because the bar is set so high with the art because it's very fluid. The art is very gorgeous. It tells its story perfectly. But you know, in in terms of the overall premise of this issue, I just I don't see what the point is, right? So Jean is dead in the white hot room and she's looking back at key moments in her life where it all went wrong because they were slaughtered at the Hellfire Gala this year and Jean is internalizing a lot of that guilt. She thinks it's her fault. She wants to go back in time to save her friends. So she's trying to find a moment in time where things went wrong. The first issue was when the O5 forgot that they had been in the present. Adult Jean reaches out to teen Jean who before she has the chance to lock away their memories is like, no, we're not going to lock away our memories. We're going to remember what happened in the present. And that was fine. My main quarrel with that was to save Krakoa to, to stop the Hellfire Gala Massacre. Why wouldn't teen Jean read Xavier's mind and be like, wait a minute, there's something called Krakoa. There's something with a Moira McTaggart. What is this? Establish Krakoa early on so they can be in, in a great position to defend themselves against Orcus, against Trask, against the Friends of hum Humanity, against anyone, right? So that's, I, I was kind of disappointed that it was just Gene trying to be overly zealous, becoming very militant, becoming a version of Magneto, turning into Dark Phoenix and incinerating everyone. <laughs> that just to me, I was like, how does that service Krakoa in any way? How do the O5 remembering their time in the present helps service Krakoa unless they understand what Krakoa is earlier on, right? It, it, it's just, it's kind of something that didn't really work for me. Similarly here, I think the idea is that Jean is feeling guilty that she didn't listen to her teammates in X-Men number 100, where she was like, I'm going to pilot the space shuttle and I'm not going to accept help from anyone else. I'm going to do it, right? Jean being stubborn and 
prioritizing her friend's well-being is sort of a hallmark of the character. In the X-Men classic issue where Jean talks to the Phoenix, she's like, I'm just so stubborn. I refuse to die. Please help my friends. Those are themes that we're seeing carried out here. And that way, Louise Simonson knows the character very well. But when you read X-Men 100, and I did last night in preparation for this issue, I'm like, there isn't much opposition to Jean in the actual source material, right? Wolverine doesn't suggest to her, hey, I have a healing factor, as he does in this issue, and Jean is refusing to accept help. I mean, in, in X-Men 100, Jean is put in the position that no one can pilot the space shuttle. What, Banshee? is going to pilot the space shuttle storm cyclops i know we have the what if with storm don't worry i i know we have the what if with storm but wolverine i mean at the time the issue was written we didn't know the extent of all of their powers and stuff like that so it's really easy to look back retrospectively and be like okay well gene can get dr carbo's flight training projected into wolverine's mind and wolverine has his healing factor we just don't have that knowledge that we do now so when you read x-men 100 it's a dire situation. Gene is not refusing help. And and that's my qualm with that, right? I mean, Gene did what had to be done, what any of the X-Men would do, quote from the animated series, right? And she she piloted the space shuttle and she emerged from the wreck as Phoenix. That's what happened, you know, in, in, in the timeline. In this scenario, she projects into Wolverine's mind. She helps Logan break down those barriers he had. He remembers everything. He emerges from the crash in the Jamaica Bay as Phoenix, and he goes off seeking revenge against Weapon X. And they get back to the mansion, and Xavier is dismissive of Wolverine. And Jean's like, absolutely not. We need to go find Logan. And so her and Scott go to find Logan. Logan is having his revenge and Cyclops is like, he needs, he needs to die because Logan is saying this thing, it's taken over me, please kill me. And Cyclops is like, yes. And, you know, hits him with the optic blast, presumably kills him. The Phoenix goes into Cyclops and then, then Wolverine comes up behind Cyclops, stabs him. The Phoenix goes back into Logan, incinerates Logan. And Gene's like, well, that didn't work out. <laughs> Adult Gene is like, well, that didn't work out. And then sort of goes on her way to the next scenario, which is Inferno. That's it. That That, that is the entire issue. Now, there's, there's a lot of things at work here. One, Gene's relationship with the Phoenix. Gene can sense Wolverine like a hub. Now, is this because Wolverine has the Phoenix or because she has a special rapport with Wolverine following him piloting the space shuttle and, and his barriers kind of coming down and they've been able to establish their own rapport? It, it, it is left up to the reader's interpretation. I would assume it's a mixture of both. I think the relationship with Wolverine and Gene is something that we love to examine. This certainly gives a reason why Gene cares for Wolverine, but this is an alternate universe scenario. In the main universe, Gene and Wolverine and Cyclops are in a throuple situation. They've evolved past understanding each other. They already have that rapport established, and there's really no examination of this throuple of Gene and Wolverine's relationship of Gene and how it versus and how it's in contrast with Scott and Gene. None of that's really there. It's just a very earnest story of Wolverine getting the Phoenix, Gene wanting to help Logan because they've established some kind of rapport in this scenario. And then the Phoenix goes into Cyclops and then from Cyclops, it goes to Gene. Now, 
Well, well, I mean, it doesn't really go to Jean, but, you know, she's back in the white hot room and she walks away from it. So Jean says something that I thought was really interesting, which is she's here like not even Scott could have handled the Phoenix. I'm like, wait a minute. Avengers versus X-Men. Cyclops, of course, cannot handle the Phoenix. That was the main premise of the final act that he couldn't control the Phoenix and he became Dark Phoenix. And we even got it again in Secret Wars. So, you know, we at this podcast are of the understanding that Jean was very much alive in the white hot room in the time she was just quote unquote dead. And she even came to Cyclops when he became dark Phoenix. And she was like, Scott, that's enough. Let go of the Phoenix, but operating on the assumption of this story that Jean was just dead was not present at all for the events of Avengers versus X-Men. She would have known about them. She Cyclops surely would have told her, Hey, while you were dead, the Phoenix came to me and Emma and magic and Colossus and Namor. We were like the Phoenix five. And it was this whole big thing of Avengers versus X-Men. And we know that to be true because when Jean came back and in the X-Men red annual that documents her return, she hears all about the heroes fighting each other, civil war and AVX. And she was like, this needed to end. So presumably she would, would know about Cyclops having the Phoenix Force nitpicking that. I know, I'm sorry, Familia, but my point is, as a Gene fan, I really wanted a lot out of this series. I didn't want to just say what if tale. Judgment Day, the, the issue of Judgment Day that focused on Gene Gray, not much was established in there. We were just told that Gene is a Phoenix and the Phoenix is Gene, which is something that has been long established for decades in X-Men books. And similarly here, there's nothing new being put on the table. This just seems more like a regurgitation. Now, one of the things I would have liked to have seen in this issue is if you have the Phoenix hopping between Logan and Scott, and Gene is obviously prime user for the Phoenix, I would have liked to have seen their bond, all three of them. How do they all have a bond in this scenario? Show me why Scott, Gene, and Logan work as a thruple. That's what I would have liked to have seen. It just involved this idea of the relationship, and the story doesn't really move along. And again, I don't, I don't see how this impacts Krakoa. You know what I mean? I I don't know what I was expecting going into this issue, but I was just kind of like, oh, this is just meandering. And I really want a Gene series that focuses on the Phoenix mythos, on building upon what has already been established. Kind of like how Greg Pak did in Phoenix Song. This is just a straight up what if tale. Now, we know in X-Men Monday, Louis Simonson posed the question, and we love that very much, of is the Phoenix the symbiotic force that attached itself to Jean Grey, or is it something that Jean Grey created? And thereby, if it's something Jean Grey created, anytime it goes to another host, it's actually Jean's will manifesting itself throughout the Marvel Universe. I love that very much. I think here, you know, they do kind of call the Phoenix a symbiotic force. And there's this panel, which Jean read, Gray told me about and told me to read the subtext on it where Cyclops with the Phoenix says, I can't, not for long, but it's given me this to look at you as you are. Gene says, but, and then Cyclops with the Phoenix says, it's not a being of logic, Gene. It thrives on feeling, on mine, for you. It needs, it loves, it wants. Now, Gene Red Gray told me, you can add you at the end of those three sentences. It needs you. It loves you. It wants you. 
So are we setting up this relationship with Gene and the Phoenix going forward? We've said this countless times. Immortal X-Men, we see Gene with the Phoenix hovering over Earth. We know that is imminent. We know that Gene is going to be returning with the Phoenix, if we are to believe the seeds that have been planted. So let's see how that goes. But yeah, this issue, I think, is largely skippable. I'm sorry to say. I don't want to say it. One of the things I loved a lot was the idea that Cyclops is able to look at Gene without his visor. That is a nod to Phoenix and Song because Emma wanted to see Cyclops without his visor. She has to turn into her diamond form and when she goes to kiss Scott, it feels cold. Scott's like, you feel cold. You don't even feel human. But in the end, Gene's like, I want to see your face and he's able to take off his visor and Gene's like, goodbye because only Gene can really see Cyclops. That is what I love so much. And obviously, it's a homage to the Dark Phoenix saga where Gene and Cyclops are making love on a rock in New Mexico. And she's here like, I can hold back your optic blast. But So I love seeing that scenario being full circle because the eyes are the windows to the soul. But anyways, Familia, that is our quick review of Gene Grey issue two. There's not much to latch onto. There's not much to discuss as we did with issue one. I'm sorry that this review has taken a while. We had interviews this morning. Not, not only am I on the road, but we also had interviews with Phoenix Force Creations and Agent M. So we have so many good episodes ready to drop. We're obviously getting ready for New York Comic Con. But anyways, Familia, what did you think of Gene Grey Issue 2? Did you enjoy it? Leave your thoughts in the comments below. Tell us why you enjoyed it. I Again, I think there is a lot to enjoy for Gene Grey fans because Louise Emerson has such a good grasp on the character. She knows Gene's voice very well. But I think at this point in my Gene stand-up, I want meteor gene stories. I don't want to regurgitate what has come before. I want to propel into the future next. And maybe that's what this is all setting up. But I really wish that we can explore Gene's relationship with the Phoenix in a way that's like, we get it, the Gene the Gene Phoenix relationship can be toxic. It does attach to itself to the dark corners of Gene's soul. But it's also when they are in harmony, they're Phoenix of the White Crown. What happened to Gene when she was in the White Hot Room and she put Scott to be with Emma? I, I want to see that introspection. And maybe we'll get that at issue four. Maybe that is going to be the chef's kiss to the series is that we're going to see Gene as White Phoenix in the White Hot Room and it's all going to tie together. I think Louise Simonson can do it. That is why I'm holding the series up to a high standard because I know Louise Simonson can do it. She is a wonderful writer and the art by Bernard Chang is so good. All right, Familia, leave your comments below if you loved it. If you loved issue two, let us know why. Let us talk about this as a community and we'll see you next time.